Chapter Seven of Miss Pym's Camouflage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Pym's Camouflage by Lady Dorothy Stanley. Chapter Seven. Miss Pym felt very desolate and helpless. For the first time, she had serious doubts regarding the value of any work she could do in the German lines. If there had been anything I could do, I should have had more definite instructions. Everything is left to me. Why? because they know I can do little or nothing. It is doubtful whether Colonel Murcott himself could do much. But, but, a Miss Pym, what can she do? Of course, I may somehow get killed in the venture, but that is only important to me. No, the honest truth is that I am not likely to effect much, and what information I shall be able to bring from actual observation will be nil. So there is nothing much to it all i go in comparative safety i shall probably return without difficulty i shall not even have the gratification of writing my adventures because no one would believe me purdy to pym there is nothing heroic in all this and you are not entitled to self-pity wipe away those ridiculous tears and just realize that you are ever so lucky to be enjoying a unique adventure so miss pym fell asleep to the music of the guns and slept through the trumpet calls of chanticleer heralding the dawn and trampling of cattle going out to pasture the clanking of zinc pails the hiccup of the old pump she slept till rose marie noisily entered her room and thumped down a well-laden tray oh madame was to eat well madame was going on a long journey cafe au lait was poured out into a thick blue bowl new bread was spread with rich yellow butter an omelette still sighing from the frying-pan lay in fat and golden folds on a dish honey in the comb its sweetness pouring from the wounded cells attracted distressed bees which hovered about with low murmurs a bowl of soured cream and fine white sugar competed with a glass saucer of quince preserved to win miss pym's favour it was nearly seven o'clock and at eight she was to start so there was no time to lose but a woman without trunks is soon ready and before eight she was downstairs with madame dupont who embraced her and called her ma chere enfant i don't know your mission my dear but i do know it is for france so god bless you keep your head though the advice is needless to an englishman or woman remember too that au fond the germans are cowards that is the great the most marked characteristic of the brute cowardice and cruelty the cruelty being the outcome of the cowardice i'd have observed them closely my dear and take my word for it they are vermin we french do not speak in ignorance we know madame certainly seemed to know miss pym was going over into the german lines yes she was a far-seeing woman and miss pym was inclined to take her view of the german people capitan rothan looking just as weary and melancholy was standing by the great car he handed miss pym into the front seat tucked a military cloak round her climbed in beside her and took the steering-wheel his orderly jumped in at the back and the car swung round in a second it was at the mairie where it slowed down 
on the balcony were grouped the staff officers they gave a ringing cheer and dropped flowers into the car which then leapt ahead like a live thing capitaine rothan looked at miss pym with a gentle smile c'est gentil n'est-ce pas c'est brave garçon miss pym found her companion delightful he talked of his home his mother and sisters he showed no curiosity about her this kind reticence was a great relief to miss pym who knew not the art of fencing and must have met any inquiries regarding her mission with a blank refusal to give information he told her a great deal about the french army and the wonderful feeling existing between officers and men he spoke with exceeding regard of the british officers and of the tommies with fervour we are now going to take a hill with great celerity he said as a road like a white ribbon rose before them this road is frequently shelled but we must risk it keep as low as you can but look to your left there in the distance you will see odd zigzags of snowy whiteness those are our trenches and beyond are the boche as he spoke the car put on speed and soon they were tearing up to a ridge along which they skimmed even as a bird flies miss pym then saw on her left a desolate plain oddly marked as with an etruscan pattern splotched in white pearly balls of smoke broke loose from the distance invisible guns challenged or barked defiance in a few moments the road dipped and they were in a cutting edged with trees this is the beginning of the bois de chevalier there is a jolly little auberge here where madame popinot will give us a dejeuner the humble inn a long low cottage bore a sign au coeur joyeux represented by three heart-shaped faces grinning the single room was crowded with soldiers they rose respectfully with one bound and carried forward a form-like table capitaine rothan had it placed outside in the shade and called for madame la mariée the bride was only eighteen a merry girl cooking at a small stove capitaine rothan peered into the saucepan and marmites to the delight of the soldiers the bride laughing and blushing there was no tablecloth but madame wiped away the red wine which had trickled on to the table and fetched a piece of white muslin which she laid in double folds a bunch of marigolds in a jug helped to keep the muslin from fluttering away and again miss pym tasted a perfect french dejeuner cooked by an artist blue trout a soup of milk and vegetables a hot pot of chicken and mushroom and an omelette aux confitures the french captain and the pretty bride were concerned at madame's lack of appetite but soon every one's attention was diverted by the bursting of shells on the hill road they had just come by the soldiers in the estaminet jeered and laughed ça y est mon vieux better luck next time perhaps some day by chance you'll make a hit ah but they killed poor old mother gaste's donkey yesterday cried the bride and she can no longer drive to the market it is a shame poor old thing the hat the hat pass the hat yelled an excited soldier 
soon a tin helmet was passed round and miss pym could hear the coppers and white money rattle into the helmet hola shouted capitan rothan are the officers forbidden to subscribe here bring the hat round a shy red-faced soldier boy with vest unbuttoned came awkwardly forward capitan rothan threw in some silver and miss pym dropped in a ten-franc note why that will buy two bourrique for mere gastet cried the delighted bride as she emptied the helmet into her blue apron if this is the bois de chevalier said miss pym to her companion the chaine de couvent cannot be very far off and it is there you are to leave me would it not be better to leave your car here and we could walk to the place hardly that my dear madame just think if i returned here without you what would be said no we must go on the wood is pretty extensive and on the left hand reaches almost to our trenches i will switch the car into a by-road and then we can make our way on foot to the famous oak so they left the auberge des coeurs joyaux all the soldiers stood at attention those a little uncertain on their feet being propped up at the back and once more they were on their way the wood was now dense on either side not a sombre forest of dark trees but green depths of young oak and chestnut the car turned down a mossy old cart track and stopped out of sight of the road there followed a wonderful walk the yielding moss the varied leafage glades opening on every side the undergrowth of fern giving place to woodland grass and some sweet herb which yielded a delicate perfume when bruised by footsteps miss pym was grateful to the french officer for not speaking with his quick french intuition he understood the gravity of the occasion she glanced at his lean careworn face and melancholy eyes and felt that he was in harmony with her mood at last they came to a ruined stone archway all that remains of the convent and here is the only old tree of the bois des chevaliers the chaine de couvent miss pym looked up at the oak mighty in girth but rather dwarfed in stature the old twisted branches were poor in leafage but for all that it was noble and it represented to miss pym's imagination the british oak and it is here monsieur that you leave me she said stroking the grey-green bark of the tree yes madame it is here i leave you a regret i do not know what it is you have undertaken to do indeed i do not seek to know it is something fine and courageous that is certain for madame is english that is sufficient but i am not without anxiety on your account madame will you do me a favour will you wear this for the sake of all your friends so saying he loosened his collar and fumbled for a delicate little gold chain to which was attached a small gold medal he drew the chain off and put it in miss pym's hand with the medal on it was enamelled the figure of the virgin in a blue mantle with tiny white stars round her head wear this as a protection notre dame marie will be very near you but you capitan rothan you deprive yourself not of her protection madame no i shall be doubly blessed if you will wear it i shall pray for you madame 
and i will pray for you monsieur replied miss pym my name is roland he said quietly i will wear this roland and i will pray for you miss pym put out her hand and in the bois de chevalier young roland kissed her hand gravely like a knight of old madame when you return will you let me know this is my card giving the name and number of my regiment and company end of chapter seven